0: (laughs) Welcome to The Roundtable, episode 119. I'm Jennifer Eller, the events and environment ministry leader. And with me is Mike Hill, our lead pastor. And then between us is Aaron Briggs.
1: (laughs) Yay! I was always waiting to use these things. Aaron, great to see you. You as well. All right, so quick question. Number one movie that you have ever watched in your life
2: Oh man, that's an easy one for me. It's Braveheart.
1: Seriously? Yeah, love it. Would you ever like paint yourself up and go running around like that? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> me too. I've done. I've always wanted to do that when we had horses. Can we do a Sunday series? I, I, wanted to, I wanted to take my shirt off, paint my no, face, and
2: ride it. up no. and down and be I'm just Sunday like. Morning. I've done way dumber. Huh? I've done way dumber. Like what? I mean, all kinds of things. No, I mean, that's not really like stuff you want to talk about. on.
0: <laughs>
1: it's, it's not podcast worthy? It's, no,
2: but I mean, I've done way dumber than okay,
1: that. Okay. So tell me why Braveheart. Do you want to be Braveheart? No, I think. um
2: I mean, there are so many great lines in that. It's got everything. It's got comedy. It's got
1: uh, a man that stands up for comedy. Yeah, and Braveheart. Oh yeah. Okay, I must. Uh, it's not that podcast part. worthy either. But <laughs> 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 I must have missed the. But there's some. Part there's some.
2: There's some funny stuff in there. Um, there's. You don't want to be
1: William Wallace. Not particularly. You don't want to be a gladiator. Listen, I don't, don't look dream good in about a... about wanting to be those guys. I don't look good in a kilt. Well, that doesn't matter I'm telling you like the tough guy Do you want to be the tough guy?
2: Oh, I think Doesn't every man? Yes We're taught today Masculinity is toxic But I don't believe that For one second I want to be
1: Rip I want to be the gladiator I want to be William Wallace Yeah Shredded Eric, not that way Come on, doesn't he want to be He wants to be somebody Doesn't he? Oh <laughs> <laughs> come on Jennifer. Eric's never said like if I could be anybody I no, would. No, but it.
0: he does like Braveheart too. So he, okay. he probably does because that's one of his favorite movies. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean in the ending where he yells freedom yeah. when they're trying to get him when to when they're
1: ripping him in mm-hmm. pieces.
2: Yeah, literally yeah. over and it's bow down to what we say. Yeah. Bow down and he says no.
1: No. That's like whew. Yeah. Love it. Jennifer, do you have a favorite movie?
0: Actually, one of my it's pretty woman. <laughs> Which, what? Richard Gere is it Julia really Roberts. Because?
1: Yes. Like, why is that I, one your I favorite? I don't
0: know. I mean, there's a love story to it. And she comes from, I mean, she was a prostitute. And then she, you know. Is he that Richard, her. Gere? Yeah, huh? Richard, Richard Gere? Gere? Yeah, Richard Gere. Richard Oh, okay. And then, um, yeah, just the the pretty dresses. So do you like the and,
1: romantic like, crap? Of
0: course. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he yes. He says Do you crap. make
1: Eric watch it?
0: He does watch it, yes. Oh, Judas. Don't take me to the medieval, the heart all that. Nope, Gladiator. Nope. don't have a desire But to he has to
1: watch... That
0: crap. Of course, he that does. That is not fair. That's true love. Sarah,
1: Sarah asked me the other day to watch something. I'm like, I'm not watching a romantic movie, and I'm not watching somebody that makes me makes me cry. I'm like, the world already is sad. Why do I want to watch a sad movie? Yeah. Do you read books? The Bible. That's <laughs> about it. Okay. Well, give me mm-hmm. one story in the Bible that you've always been fascinated with. Uh, always, or well, maybe lately. Do you got one lately? Um.
2: I mean, I've been, I've been hammering through some of the prophets. Okay. Um, so, uh, in uh, a story in particular, I, I don't know, but I've been really trying to get through Ezekiel. Okay. And
1: why? I just think there's a lot within the prophets. Yeah. I just didn't know if like, you like felt led to go there or somebody told you. No, to I mean,
2: there. I, you know, my journey with, when it came to the Bible started with Proverbs. And my dad actually told me he was like, That's not a great book to start with. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> He's like, uh, if you haven't like really got into the Bible, like there's better ones to start with. Okay. And i went there anyways. And there's some stuff that's hard to make sense of, yeah, I guess. Um so I, you know, I went into that and then Then it was just sporadic, whatever, wherever I ended up going, I would go. But then I sort of, something came over me just to go through the prophets. started, I love the book of Isaiah. Um, Skipped over Jeremiah, which is a terrible idea because that's a great book too. (laughs) And then I just was like, you know what? How many books can I get through? Like how many books of the Bible so can do you I get have like it? a
1: spiritual discipline do you do it in the morning do you do it at night do you do it I think like I always start with something in the morning okay
2: but usually like I find it easier for me at nighttime really after I yeah like I get home from I don't want to do anything after work but get in bed anyway so okay. it's like easy to get in bed with my Bible and take right. notes and stuff
1: yeah
2: so it's I know you probably should start your day with
1: it well I, again I I'm all for just doing it yeah. I mean, I think that there is a value in starting your day. I think there's value in just doing something. Right. I mean, I don't necessarily think that we need to condemn people because they do it at night. Right. You know, because I mean, unlike most people, I don't know that everybody loves the morning. You know what I mean? Like I, I get up
2: at 4 30, but I don't do it by choice. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm hitting that snooze yeah. a couple times at least.
1: And so. I so here's a question for you. Why set your alarm if you're gonna hit the snooze? Is there like satisfaction
0: Agreed. in that?
1: No, I'm asking. Like I I, I, I like, wish my mom was here right now because <laughs> she
2: could help. I don't know. She's like she's one of those people that Is she a snoozer? Heck yeah, we both are. Okay. My dad was that guy that would get up at four o'clock in the morning. I would come downstairs at times and he would be on the couch praying. Mm. And I'm like, is he asleep? No, he's awake. He's <laughs> awake and he got night. up by choice. Like he just woke up. He had that wow. inner alarm clock. Mm. I have never had, I am I have the inner alarm clock to stay awake. I can yeah. stay awake whenever. No, I I, again,
1: I'm not condemned. Yeah, I'm no, saying, I get it. I have heard of like, Sarah's kids set multiple alarms yeah, to get up in the morning. That's my people. And I'm like...
0: <laughs> I do, too. How many alarms
1: do you need? If the one goes off, don't you just get out of bed? At least yeah. four. <laughs>
0: Do you mean, set multiple ones? Well, if I know I have to get up for something, if I'm tired, if I went to bed late the night before, okay. make sure I get up. But Eric does, he'll set one for 5.15, and mine goes off at 6, and he's still in bed, and then he gets up, and then I'm like, dude, now I'm behind. <laughs> why did you get up with your alarm at 5.15? Because I set mine because I need up at 6 o'clock, you know, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah Maya is weird. I set my alarm clock, mm-hmm. but I just always wake up. I see, but you have a,
2: you kind of have that profession though. Like, and I don't mean like outside of here, you have that profession where there's other living things dependent upon you, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I was just curious. Cause yeah. I've seen people like that are snoozers and some people just get up and I didn't know if it's like a sense of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Like you got an extra, I, you know, 30 seconds of sleep. It's nine I mean, minutes.
2: How long does it go? It's nine minutes. Well, I take you that back know that. when you, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's how I plan for that. Like
1: last get up, you know, okay. I'm
2: like, okay, like this is now I'm at that moment where okay. it's now or never. It's now or you're texting in.
1: Okay. Is there something that gets you <laughs> going in the morning? Are you a coffee drinker? Yep. Energy? Coffee. Okay. Not energy drinks.
2: Oh, no. no. Absolutely not. Never. I mean, I, like once or twice a year, I'll drink one. Okay. Are you an energy drink oh, person? Oh, no. Those are
0: bad for you. They're no. terrible for you. People Nick, do you attacks. drink
1: energy drinks? Celsius are supposed to be good
0: for you. <laughs> do they
2: Do they taste <laughs> like diet? I mean, I it's I like, get the
0: the non-carbonated one. So it almost tastes like a tea.
1: I heard hmm. from I don't know who it was. They said Celsius is actually should be banned, like Probably. that it's causing so many um, hmm. heart palpitations. Wow, is that the right word? Well, that's the right word. If right? that
2: means anything, it'll be pushed in elementary schools next year anyway.
1: So. <laughs> Hey, in the cafeteria yeah. at wow. Crestview yeah. or in Flint Springs yeah. is
2: Celsius. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the <laughs> FDA is on board real soon,
1: pumping that through. Oh, so. that's funny. Tell me something in the world that's either getting you fired up or excited. Uh, was getting s- you fired up? Good or bad, you mean? Either way. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, when the movie
2: Sound of Freedom came out. Oh, yeah. That's one that to me well, is... Tell
1: everybody that hasn't listened, what's Sound of Freedom?
2: Uh, it's a movie about uh, sex trafficking, mm-hmm. in particular with kids. But I mean, it's massive worldwide and it's happening It's happening here in Huntington. There's no way it's not because right. they're showing it happen in communities. And there's a, uh, uh, I don't know, some kind of company that is called like Underground Railroad or whatever, mm-hmm. where they're trying to save people that are involved in it. And they're in communities like wealthy communities in right. Connecticut, places like if So if that's the case, it's right. going on everywhere. Right. And, you know, I'm a big sports guy. So Tim Tebow is big into that also. And it's just, I feel like it's all come at one time mm-hmm. so much so that, uh, even like I've talked about it with Rob Hollinger, who's mm-hmm. running for mayor here. Right. Um, where, when he gets elected,
1: um, <laughs> a little plug there, yeah. Rob.
2: Yeah. When he gets elected, um, That anything he needs or wants in that arena, like I'm all for Mm. hopping. I just think
1: the idea that, like, out of this the that movie, the depravity that has to be going on Uh, in the world today, that women would be trafficked, kids would be trafficked, and that it is a almost a higher grossing business than drugs than drugs. (laughs) i <laughs> like, what de- What depraved person in the world?
2: Parents are, I mean, selling their own children.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. The de- de- depravity, Ugh. like how bad can it get? Right. You ever wonder that, like what you see today, like how, how much worse can it get?
2: I mean, I do, but again, you asked about reading and what it did- is. Second Timothy is pretty clear on where it's going to get to. (laughs) I mean, it really is. It's really clear on where it's going to get to.
1: Does that make you afraid for your son? Do you ever think about that? I
2: was just talking with, uh, I was just talking with Keely about this, this Sunday when, just before we were about to start uh, teaching. No, no, I don't Okay, because God knew when my son would be born.
1: Yeah. I just, I I talked to somebody the other day. They're like, "I, I want to just tell my kids don't have kids. You know, because of the worry of just, like, what the world's going to turn into, how bad it's going to get, what, like, what trials they're going to face. I get
2: it. But you, you know what? Listen, I'm 42 years old, and you preached a sermon a couple weeks ago that had me ready to, I wanted to go have, I can't. There's no woman. You wanted to paint yourself blue. (laughs) No, but there's no woman in my life. But, like, I wanted to go have more kids when you gave the, I'm serious. The one about quivers. (laughs) Is this
1: a plug? No. The one about
2: having uh, yeah, more arrows for your, your quiver, quiver. I was like, man, mm-hmm. I, like I haven't done, a, I've done a lot wrong in my life, a lot. And I haven't been good at a whole lot of things. And I'm not saying I'm <laughs> great at being a dad, but that kid, I mean, just like I told you even earlier, yeah. I get hurt. And the first thing that kid's doing is praying. Yeah. Like he's, I need more arrows. Right. I want more arrows to send into the world. That's all. Right. Um, I'm at the age where it probably, it's probably not wise. How old are you? 42. It's probably not wise. I mean, I don't want to be doing this when I'm 60.
1: Well, I mean, you could find a 25-year-old or something, and I mean... I did that once. It didn't work out. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, you can did go that for once. the younger ones and yeah. see how that works out for you. It's
2: Yeah, it's... No. Nope. Did it once already. <laughs> tried that. <laughs>
1: okay, anything else getting you fired up, getting you excited? Uh, not really. Okay, tell us about growing up. So you were a pastor's kid. I was. Right, and mm-hmm. so I think it's interesting anytime that there's a pastor's kid to just kind of like get your perspective of hmm. the church or your perspective of God growing up with, you know, somebody that was in, because it's one thing, perspective on God, another thing, perspective of the church. you said exactly you know, what I, I was going to say. That is uh, always an interesting dynamic. Yeah. You know, so. My
2: perspective of the church wasn't always great. Um, I have a lot of the same experiences that a lot of people who don't go to church, had people that were judgmental. And because I was a pastor's kid, you can just about guarantee. Now, I don't know if it's true with your kids, but I got in trouble. (laughs) I got in trouble. (laughs) One thing you can guarantee
1: with a pastor's (laughs) kids, they're going to be the trouble. Yeah, I was
2: rebellious. Uh, I mean, I I was partying, doing drugs. I mean, I was that kid.
1: Well, wait a second. Let's talk about this for a second. So first of all, did you guys travel? Did your dad plant different church, or was he a church he, planner? Or did no,
2: he go? no. In fact, he got. So where
1: were you guys? So
2: he was. I don't to, even know your story. He so. went to college in Colorado. Okay. And went to a Bible college that uh, was in Colorado Springs, and that's then, where you were born. Nope, I was actually born in Columbia City. <laughs> I know it's weird. Okay. So born here at the age of four, they moved to four or five. Moved to Colorado.
1: Four. So him
2: for, for him, him to be, go to to go to Bible school. Okay. To become a pastor. Okay. And then- That was just
1: like a revelation or what? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, what was he doing before?
2: Managing a uh, fast food restaurant. Really? He
1: so He just 19 years old. Like, yeah, like,
2: hey, 19, gonna, 20 years old, 21. Be a pastor. Yeah, something like that. And
1: I mean, he must've been a little like,
2: older than that because he was 19 when I was born, so. And
1: your mom was like- sure. She was on board. Okay, anyway.
2: they had a few. There was a few experiences they had in certain situations where- which any of us who have ever been like, you know, when you have to have had those where something occurs and you're like, there was nothing else that could be, but God, like yeah. they had a few of those moments yeah. where they, I've heard those. Sure. I won't get into all of them, but sure. there was moments where the, those kind of things occurred and they were like, yeah, we're supposed to go be, I'm hmm. supposed to go to, to college. To be so he goes to
1: school. So then from after school, then what? Ithaca, New
2: York. Ithaca. Where Cornell university is. Okay. So, so. Uh, if you're a person of morals and things like that, really out of, like a fish out of water in that area. <laughs> I mean, it's, in Ithaca, New York. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So uh, he took a church that was, they were about to shut down. Okay. And it was averaging like 30 people a week. Okay. And, you know. And
1: so this is when you're, how old are you? I
2: was eight. Okay. Just, Just had my eighth or ninth birthday. Okay.
1: So I just wanted 89. to get the context because I wasn't yeah. sure And because he pastored all the time in New York.
2: All the time that he was in New York. Yes. Not okay. all the time that I I stayed a couple more years after they left. Okay. So, but yeah, he was. And then there was like a, a two a year and a half period of time in between one church and another church.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. and the thing that I was going to get at is so like the whole concept of everybody gives a stigma to PK kids, like mm-hmm. the PK kids are the kids that rebel. You think they rebel any more than anybody else? And if you think they do, why, Um, like, why would that be? Do I think they necessarily do? No,
2: but I also think there's, um, there's a, when you're a PK, there's a lot of people praying for you too. So sometimes, sometimes the answer to prayer is you getting in trouble. Sometimes it's you getting, uh, slapped around a little bit by issues that will stop you from further getting in trouble. And I definitely was that kid. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you were that kid. Yep. So in that growing up, like perspective as a kid, and then how did it change as you grew up? So you're eight or nine years old. I mean, I'm assuming your perspective of the church isn't bad then. No,
2: no, I probably didn't really have my first where I had some, and my parents were real good about not talking about things in front of us. So when there were church issues, there were times when say the conversation would start and my dad would say, not now. Right. And then it was husband and wife talk later. We're kids. We didn't know. We just right. thought that the conversation ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we grew into our late late teens, early 20s, some of those conversations were had with us that were like, this is why we did what we did, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Like this was going on. You guys didn't know about it. Right. Type of thing. And so... Um, I mean, there was never a ton of detail in terms of uh, in, about people in particular, yeah, sure. but situationally with right. what was going on with inside. Yes, yeah, so was
1: church. there something inside of the church that turned you on, turned you off? Like, what was it that was that like? eye chair? Huh? That eye chair. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was always those people, you know. And, and I'm not saying that the church shouldn't have pe- something that's for people, but I think people always want to be fed, and they never want to feed.
1: Right. And that's, that's a,
2: that's a common theme.
1: I think the statistic and I, so any of you guys that are going to look this up, this it's close to this, but in Barna's research, it says, and then he doesn't use the eye chair as an example, but he's like, why pastors leave or why pastors get out of the church. And essentially all there's 15,000 pastors. And I think it's a month or every, I can't remember what it is that quit because of the definitions of. What happens in the eye chair? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so much. Yeah, I don't even know what the right word is. All me, all about me, mm-hmm. and if you don't please me, you get essentially get crucified mm-hmm. for not doing it.
2: Yes. I was married at our at our second church. I was married to a woman that I met, and she was a great. Like, listen, that one, I thought I had. She she was a great girl. We just mm-hmm. we didn't work out. Okay, um, met her there, and. um we butted heads big time. Okay. And at times in our marriage because she had grown up in that church forever. Mm-hmm. Her family had.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I came when I was my my dad came there when I was 20.
1: Right.
2: And I already kind of had a, an idea about what church mm-hmm. should and should not be. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't living it anyways. I mean, I was had just just quit partying and eventually went back to that anyways. But I mean, I had just quit partying and kind of trying to start what I would say living the correct lifestyle, but without any substance. Right. Um, and we butted heads big time on some of those issues because she would say, like, this is what's being said, and this is what your dad's not doing. And I'm like, that's number one, it's my dad. And I, I know what my dad's heart is. My dad's right. heart is always about trying to win people right. to the Lord. And you can't, you're not, when you have a church of 300 plus people, you can't win everybody. Like, you're not going to make everybody happy. <laughs> you can't right. make 30 people happy. Right. It's tough. Right. You know, it's, it's hard to make everybody happy all the time.
1: Right. So, so take us through your spiritual journey. Like, so you grew up in a church and then you had a period of like, you walked away, had a period of... I
2: would say... I, I
1: mean, because obviously have... at some point you had a significant moment where you know you love Christ mm-hmm. or come back, like, yeah, because you said you went through this period of, I mean, were you partying and still searching out of the Lord? Did you just walk away? Like what, what was, I, I
2: never quit believing. Okay. Never. Um, I mean, right down to even, I mean, if people didn't would know my history or, or where I'm from in New York, you know, I said, Ithaca is where my dad's church was, but I grew up in Dryden, which is a really small town um like scranton way smaller <laughs> <laughs> really way smaller are wait, you wait are you talking scranton of- pa are you talking uh, yeah, i'm thinking oh uh, scranton's yeah isn't office? that isn't the office that yeah Scranton. I'm thinking, listen scranton, scranton is small. if you drive down I to i-81 scranton's on the one of the boards you yeah. know it's on the signs well, I know. I, dryden's I, well, not well, dryden's way way out there at some point yeah. i feel
1: like i drove by it's scranton's supposed to be this little small town right no
2: yeah okay so ithaca's got like i don't know why scranton came up ithaca probably has like Thirty thousand people there when college is not in session, but okay. then again, Cornell University and Ithaca College, so that doubles okay. roughly during. And then Cortland is like the next big city town, okay. maybe like I don't know, twelve thousand people, right. something like that. And Dryden's in the middle, okay, like really tiny, okay. So, um, just there was some really rotten. I mean, there's a. A show that did a five part documentary on my town. Like, we had some horrible things happen there. Really? Yeah. Real, uh,
1: real. Like, right. people getting their head chopped off or. Yeah.
0: What? You had a friend. Literally. Yeah, a friend yeah. that got murdered, right? That multiple? multiple. Yeah. yeah. What? Like our head, like head football coach. Then, uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember you telling that story. You
2: know, our head football coach. We had two of our got cheerleaders. Murdered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was real bad. <laughs> and <laughs> even through all of that, like, I. You know, I'm not gonna say I didn't go through my phase where I was mad at God. Right. Didn't understand why. Well, like what did what do people do to deserve? One of my one of my best friend's family lost two children in 13 months, both car crashes. Like, how do you what what do you how do you explain that to people? As a parent, like I don't I still to this day I don't have answers for it.
1: Right. Um
2: but I also know that as we age there are certain things you have to be okay not having answers to. Right. Because it's not our job to know.
1: So, but again, you're over there, you're in this, you got all this stuff going on. I mean, at this point though, you're not like loving the Lord. Oh God, no. Yeah. I mean, you're believing, but those things are.
2: Right. Um, I was, I wouldn't say I started loving the Lord until I was 40. Okay. So it's been in the, it's roughly right about two years ago on the dot. Okay. And... I, I always tried to instill mm-hmm. biblical values into my child. I always tried to, uh, in fact, I think it's, it's ironic. Cause when it first, the first moment that really ever occurred was the day they sent all the kids home from school for COVID.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: My son got in the car mm-hmm. and I was with my ex-wife was in the car with us and he was worried and something came over me just mm-hmm. to pray. And, and I was using, I was using meth at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was, I wasn't sober. Mm-hmm. I wasn't by any means trying to live a, a a life where I was following Christ.
1: Right.
2: And something came over me to pray with him, the three of us in the car. And I, I, it was the first time in my life where I had ever prayed. And in that moment, it was like I felt something come off, like a weight
1: hmm.
2: off of us. And I was like, none of us are ever going to—none of us will get it. Not hmm. only will we not get it, we're going to be fine from it. I don't know what happened, but until I quit believing that that prayer worked— I never got it. My son's never gotten it. We yeah. both were fingernail biters, mm-hmm. nasty human beings. I mean like <laughs> touching everything, going You're so into nasty
1: about biting your fingernails.
2: Well, I mean like I just now I view it gross because I finally I finally stopped doing that. No. <laughs> Like it was, I did it for thirty some years, wow. and it's like, you know, you go into Walmart and you touch stuff, mm-hmm. and then like the next thing you know, you're biting. And I'm like, man, we were disgusting. No, <laughs> see,
1: that's why you didn't get it. Probably that's why it might all be. these hand washer. right? S- s- uh, hand hand sanitizer? sanitizer. people. Yeah, they're sick all the time. Well, I actually I knew. Hey, quit washing your hands. Yes. You touch stuff at Walmart I, and stick your fingers. In you your should mouth. never use. <laughs> you <laughs> should <laughs> never use <laughs> anything
2: <laughs> anti. uh, What is that? Bacterial? Antibacterial. Yeah, because you, you have good bacteria on your hands. T- that's the science yeah. part of this. You're preaching like, to the choir. Yeah, like you need those. You need the good bacteria on yeah. your hands. It's yeah, called normal
1: flora. Yeah, it's good I stuff.
0: There you go. <laughs> you're preaching to the
1: choir. I'm, yep. I'm good with all of that. So yep. you're out in New York. Yeah. You meet mm-hmm. your wife. Have first your wife. Yeah. Okay.
2: First. Yeah, Got a. And
1: you have your son. In, no. No.
2: Yes. Yes. Son's here.
1: No, I know, but in
2: not in New not York. in New York. No. Okay.
1: So why did you leave New York?
2: For, so. I mean, and
1: how did you? I mean, did you go from New York to here? Yeah,
2: yeah. God, what? I had a. I mean, there's. I had a pretty public. uh, I had a pretty public arrest. Okay. And so I just ran for my
1: problems. Okay. So I don't even know what that a pretty public arrest like. Yeah. something I don't want to share. I, mean, I, I have mean, no idea what
2: you're talking about. Yeah, it was. It was I mean, it's it's pretty bad. I. I mean, I'll I'll share it. I mean, uh,
1: public like the, like okay.
2: So uh, I was a teacher. Okay sorry, mom.
1: Well, no, you don't have to say <laughs> No, it's okay. It. No, I don't mean it that way. No. I'm just trying to get my, I didn't know what. <laughs> no, it's okay. So you were it's out okay. there. It's okay. I don't
2: hide who I am. I don't okay. hide. Like I can't, an- my, my answering for my past is over. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if anything, what it could mm-hmm. t- allow people to do is understand that, uh, there's nothing that's not salvageable. Jesus, yeah. mm-hmm. Jesus really yeah. likes to take things broken amen <laughs> and so um
0: you know on sunday this is a side note but when you were talking at the end of how jesus loves everybody i thought of aaron and really? i thought of his story you popped in my head you coming it's like wow redeemed you know talking about being redeemed from things it mm-hmm. was like yeah so yeah that's Anyways, awesome. it was pretty yeah it's like ooh.
2: so i again like i said i was married and we were not very intimacy was a big issue okay right so and i was a teacher okay so i had started um instead of cheating in a way where i could not get caught mm-hmm. i thought i would pay for cheating mm. got it and i made a i made a verbal ag- agreement with a police officer got it and so once the once my my name hit the
1: yeah right
2: that makes so my i got uh, instantly you know i had to go home and tell my wife that right which that was probably the most that was even still to this day like i've i've actually been in contact on a couple different occasions with her since then, it's been 12 years now Mm -hmm. to say, you know, I don't care if I've apologized before, like what I put you through, Mm -hmm. no matter what our, our marriage was or was not. Right. Nobody deserves that. Right. I mean, like that was, she got publicly Mm -hmm. humiliated, Mm -hmm. publicly humiliated. Yeah. And that, still to this day, bothers me. Right. So,
1: so then you from there end up in Huntington cause your parents are here. Okay. So at the time they were in Columbia city.
2: Yep. And I just, I, I was actually sort of flirting with the idea of moving back to Colorado. Cause my brother was out there. Okay. Him and his now ex-wife weren't doing very well. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't know if I really want to go out there and cause an issue mm-hmm. with them. I'm going through my own thing. Right. So I stayed here and I, Got a job as a bartender. That was, a, was like a really good idea. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'd go from teaching to bartending. Mm-hmm. And within three weeks, I got an OWI. Mm-hmm. So I was walking everywhere and, you know, really having to think through some things. And uh, probably right at the end of that, when I was just about to get my license back, I met my son's mom. I had just actually done my three-day stint in jail and somebody had mentioned I was going for my master's degree at the time, which was online. Somebody had mentioned that this coffee shop had free Wi-Fi. And I was like, mm-hmm. Cool. And I went down there and met my son's mom. We were together for four or five years. And mm. as is the case with all relationships that I I've found myself in so far, they somewhere along the lines, they quit working. Yeah. So um
1: but what brought your parents to Columbia City?
2: Oh, that part—that's just like yes. coming back home for yes. them. That's no. 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 So my dad, uh, again, this was one of those moments. Actually, they were my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom's mom had a what got diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. Like I said, my mom's a nurse, so she went to uh, the point. She got to the point where she was like, "I've followed you through the ministry for all these years, and my mom's going to go, and yeah. I, I want to be with my mom. Yeah, I want to take sure. care of my mom before mm-hmm. she goes." And my dad was on board with it. Hmm. Uh, and so they packed everything up, moved back here. They were, I think they moved in May and she was gone a month later. Really? Yeah, she almost died on, died almost on my birthday, which would have, in fact, it was the day that my, my due date, like the day I was supposed to be born is the day she passed on. Wow. And that was in 08. And then I moved here in 20, the beginning of 2012. Right. So. So yeah, uh, I ended up I ended up coming back here. They were in Columbia City. I stayed with them for a little while, and then bought my own place in Columbia City, and just sold that last year. And lo and behold, got to go back and live with them again because <laughs> it was half the drive from Columbia City to Bluffton where I work. Right, Huntington's only halfway there. Right. So sold my home and just kind of riding it, the storm. So now. what
1: was the thing through all of that? Do so you believe? but then you're kind of headed off on the wrong track. Things aren't quite going the way they should. You mentioned substance abuse and some problems. What brought you back? Like what woke what's the thing that you think woke you up to to the point of like I got to get this right. I mean, I get it, God, but was there was there other things? Yeah, were there moments got, were there, like people involved, like tell me about it.
2: I got married again um which I was dating a girl who was 15 years younger than me. Okay. Hold on.
1: So I don't mean this bad. So the first marriage,
2: right? <laughs> Second marriage. No, no, no. Second marriage. I was never married to my son's mom. Oh, we've never got married. Oh, okay. Sorry. Perfect. Right? Like- no, that's not what I meant.
1: <laughs> that's not, I'm just trying to stay alone. So then another one. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it, which is funny too, because even when I was with my ex-wife, people would see the three of us, my son and they would say, oh, he got his mom's hair. Yes, he did, but that was not his mom. <laughs> <laughs> he did get he did get mom's hair, uh, okay. very much so. Um, so, yeah, I ended up meeting somebody. She was much younger, and because of that, we didn't take it seriously. Like, we just, we were dating, but I think we both had an idea of what it was not going to be. Okay. And so, um, she was a type 1 diabetic, and everything sort of, like, she, I didn't feel like it was necessarily my job to take care of that. At the time, and one day I got home from work, and she was almost dead, literally, nearly dead on my couch. So I called, had her take, called an ambulance, so they took her to the hospital, and they took her to the one in Columbia City, and then rushed her to Dupont North. It was a big, uh, big mess for two weeks. She was in a coma for ten days, and in that period of time, there was a few moments where I was like, God was there with me. Hmm. Like one of the days in particular, I had prayed. I mean, I did love the girl. I did, but I would never tell her that because I was like, this is 15 years. This is never going to work. Right. I'm not going to. And I was like being that typical guy that was like, I'm not going to tell you, I love you. I'm not going to do that.
1: That's what typical guys do.
2: I don't know. I mean,
0: but you married her, so you still. Oh yeah, tell her because because
2: no, no, no. Listen, that's where I'm getting to. I'm getting to that. Uh, so she, while she was in the hospital, one of the days there, I was, I had come in and I was praying, and again, she's in a coma, but I had walked in and just put my hand on her feet, and all of her, the nur- I was talking to the nurse, and she had around the clock nurses, and she, um, the one nurse. Had said to me, I, you know, I asked her how the night was and she said it was terrible. She had not been good. Mm. Like, be prepared. This may not, may not go the way you want it to go. And I had just put my hand on her feet and started praying. About that time, all of her vitals stabilized. And the lady was like, whatever you're doing, Mm. keep doing that because it's working. She knows, Mm. like, she knows who you are. So I went up and Mm. by her head and started praying with her. And the guy that was coming in to do her oral care... Uh, said all the medicine in the world won't fix her, but what you're doing right there will. Mm-hmm. He said, Do you mind if I pray with you? And I was like, No, wow. and I'm bawling. I mm-hmm. was wow. a mess. And he mm-hmm. prayed with us, and the n- next mm-hmm. day, or maybe two days later, she, I went there and she was awake. And then, mm-hmm. and they had, I mean, she had, uh, they didn't tell me that they were going to, but they got her, they got the what's that thing called they put down your
1: throat, uh,
0: incubate you. Uh, I,
1: like- I, something, did you bad. say incubate?
0: Yeah, isn't it incubate? No. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like an egg, incubi- incubate them. <laughs> it's incubate. <laughs> yeah, close though. It was really close. <laughs>
0: I- <laughs> I wish I up over here. <laughs> that, it, was like,
1: it could be incubate, like okay. it could be. I think it's whatever intubate, that tube is. I think it's I intubate but it might be. I could be wrong. It could be incubate. Yeah, they got all that out. That's and- what our producer does. He checks on our <laughs> language right, Nick? <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I, English was not my forte.
2: obviously. No, yeah. either. Obviously. <laughs> either I, didn't, way, I didn't know what it was. Incubate
0: either.
1: or intubate. Whatever. Yeah. One of the two. One of the
2: two. They got it out. Yeah. And so like after that, I just, I had prayed along, you know, when I was praying, I had prayed, you know, again, and I was not, uh, I wasn't living I wasn't even trying to live. Don't you a... think
1: that's funny? I think mm-hmm. that part's funny. Not funny, but people could be completely far away from God, but when something happens, Pray. they come back to mm-hmm. prayer. Yeah. Don't you think that's weird?
2: Well, I mean, I've always known it worked.
1: No, I know, but I just think that's so like you what brings people back to that place? You know, what makes them be like is it the being at the end of themselves? Is it I think in those moments you're willing to try
2: anything.
0: Mm. You know, I like think you for said some you always knew God I mean and that was my part of my story oh I, I grew up in church I always <laughs> knew God you <laughs> prayed periodically but yeah when you get to that certain point you know that that's you know that's the answer when right. you
1: get to the end yeah
0: <laughs> you know you haven't been walking it but you know that's your answer
1: yeah
2: which I think is one of the reasons why it makes sometimes uh prayer difficult when things are going well I mean, not so much sure but like I, it's I, harder God. to remember to do or yeah. to mm-hmm. put the effort into it yeah, when no, things are like running smoothly Right, like
1: what do I have to? Yeah, what do I have to pray for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what else is there?
2: <laughs> you better get ready. <laughs> you better get
1: ready. Yeah. So anyway, so she gets out. Like this was a
2: turning yeah, point. Yeah, and for we you? were we were married four months later. Okay, four months later we were married.
1: Okay, and so that was a turning point spiritually for nope. you.
2: No, okay. our our divorce, our split was okay. Uh, again, I had been I had been back using meth. I was back on I had been using for three years, probably almost three years straight, and had two different times where I almost got arrested a time where I did get arrested and I just never quit. Didn't mm-hmm. care. They didn't, I, I was like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I didn't feel like I had the right people, I guess in place where I could, I, I knew it would require a massive amount of help mm-hmm. because once you use for that length of time, you're going to sleep for three weeks mm-hmm. and you've you got to sleep for two to three weeks. I, I mean like not straight, but pretty close to straight.
1: Really? Yeah. Just to get your body to recover. Yeah.
2: Cause you haven't, I mean, sleep was something you deprived yourself of for two to three years. I mean, your mess
0: keeps you awake. Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah. I was never that guy that was going to do drugs that would Mm. like put you to sleep. Like I don't (laughs) understand that
0: running down the road. Yeah. Like I
2: want to do things like I'd want to do, I would want to be able to like, okay, so I can, I can go to work and do all the things I want to do and not have to sleep. Okay. That sounds awesome until it's not right. You know, until it's not so, um, okay. So the split happens and this is your like, yeah, I was in my eye chair. I just wasn't in a church. Okay. So I was, she wouldn't talk to me. Like I'd call her and whatever. And I was trying to make it work. And I was, and I was, I was throwing every last ditch thing I could do to try to make it work. And she was like, if you hang up or if you yell at me again on the phone, I'm going to hang up on you and I'm going to block you." And we were talking and I, raised my voice and she hung up on me and blocked me and I threw my phone down and I literally cried out to God on my hands and knees what did I do to deserve this and for the first time ever in my life I had I got an answer and I I don't know what audible I don't know if it was audible I don't know if it was in my head I don't know because I was bawling Mm. too but I heard in the stillest voice what did I do to deserve you running for 40 years Mm. And I've never been the same Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I've just never been, I like, do I still war with my flesh? Yep. Do I still, am I still a, am I still a wretched human being? Yep. Right. But I've never
1: been the same since. Mm -hmm. So, so that was the moment. Yeah. So in that journey, most influential person, somebody that was walking the journey with like who, who was the person for you during that time, or even during all of your life? Do you have a, somebody that's I mean, it's
2: been, it's, you know, at different points in time, it's been my mom and my dad. Uh, I would say for my younger years, boy, my, I butted heads with my dad bad, but like my dad was the influence. Hmm. He was, I, I, to some degree, I feel like if you're, if you don't butt heads with your teenage boys, you probably aren't a very good dad. Mm -hmm. Like you're probably not instilling some things that like, that are important. (laughs) Thank God my son's nine. He's not a teenager yet, But I know that there's probably going to be some times where we probably won't see eye to eye on some things because you don't understand things as a teenager. Right. You know, my dad would give me a hard time about uh, drinking and doing drugs and stuff. And, you know, so much so that there was a few times where it almost got physical. Right. And I look back now and go, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Right for standing up, yeah. for caring. I for almost be became. I almost went to prison. I mean, I've been a felon before. Like, I almost went to prison. Having him as my dad, I can't imagine if I hadn't had that. Right. I can't imagine. Right. I, mean, I would have definitely. And I'm not. I'm not built. I'm too
1: small for prison. <laughs> way too small for prison way too small that is hilarious (laughs) yeah so dad and mom yeah influential people and then
2: like i've just always had
1: um there's i think there's people that
2: influence you uh at different points i'm one of those people that like church isn't enough for me once a week Mm. so i'm watching i'm watching pastors preach and sermons five or six days a week. Yeah. I mean, I literally, that's what I fall asleep to every night. Uh, and it just, like for a while I was listening to Stephen Furtick and really kind of pushed away from that on <laughs> some issues that I, I look at and go, the more I get into the word, I'm not so sure how much he's that guy that you mm-hmm. should, that you should listen to. But, um, now it's, you know, I listen to a lot of John MacArthur and Vody Bauckham, um, Probably voting more so than even John MacArthur because I love guys that preach the word with no shame, no shame. <laughs> like I didn't, I, you know. There's a an interview he did for I think CNN a few years back, and they were talking about um, women. Uh, it was when Palin was running. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I don't think she should be. And they were like, why? And he said, because the Bible says so. And they were like, well, you know, what about Deborah? And he said, listen, I'm not a, I'm not a politician. My mm-hmm. job is not to bend to what the culture says. My right. job is to be a preacher and preach the word. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, this guy, that's what got me started with him. I was like, this dude mm-hmm. is vehement about the word and I love it.
1: Right.
2: So he's probably yeah. the guy I would say that recently has been mm-hmm. influential, yeah. uh, but, but in, in, in person i'm kind of in that number two chair man i haven't really gotten out i haven't gotten out like <laughs> uh, like i've been scared to again a lot of my a lot of my issues i've had with people it's been i've been scared to get back out into the world i guess and do yeah some of the,
1: no that makes sense you know yeah good all right so we're at time so you got questions jennifer that my, tend not go by fun. fast
0: yeah like, like, mad, yeah
1: 38 minutes already and, yeah
0: did go quick. Well, Aaron has an amazing story, so, yeah. you know, that's easy. Okay, Peggy eats here. Best childhood memory, and when did you decide to follow Jesus? Well, we kind of know when you said follow
2: mm-hmm. Jesus, but yeah. what was your
0: best childhood memory?
2: Best childhood memory? Are we going, chi- like, where do we draw the line on childhood? High school. High school? Oh, that's easy. Kay. Man, I got to, I just actually posted this on Facebook. Man, I had a. I got to score a touchdown in Syracuse's... On Syracuse's field. Oh, it was an really? 80 yard interception return. Wow. It's was a team that was uh, pro- projected to crush us. And you beat them? We were up 13 6, and I had the game decisive interception. Wow. And we ended up winning 20 6. That's it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. They have it on video. You bet. <laughs> it's on Facebook, man. It's uh, on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you can go back. And, did you post it on Facebook? Absolutely. You from posted the VHS, your, in, yeah, your interception on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, from the VHS tape,
2: which was I was watching on my TV. Okay. I took my phone. I'm going to have to
1: go find your Facebook.
2: Yeah. yeah
0: so <laughs> I can legit. watch this interception. <laughs> okay. Just a comment from Troy Oswald. Just want to thank Aaron and his friendship and conversations over the past few years. It's awesome to see a man after God's heart.
2: Love that guy. Mm-hmm. it's funny. Him and my son have a little thing with each other. Hmm. He's uh, my son. Told him that his band was mediocre. It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> awful. So now, so
1: now Troy always picks on him. That's hilarious that he's got the guts to say that to yeah. Big Troy. He'll,
2: yeah, I know. He'll he'll be sitting <laughs> next to me in church when Troy's on stage, and he'll be like.
0: He's like um, da- um, David and Goliath there. Yeah, yeah yes. he's, right. He's yeah. David. Yeah, going after. Um, Karen Bennett, what is something God has taught you about himself since you become an adult that you never were taught as a kid?
2: Well, I think that, uh, I mean, I was taught this as a kid, but I don't think you can really be taught it until you have to walk through it. And that is Romans eight 28. Uh, you're not going to understand everything, mm. um, but all things will work together. Um, that's what I was even saying with the people that I grew up with that, I mean, man, we had some, all of us, we're all interconnected forever with some of our stories. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe how many people that I still will see posts on Facebook. And I, I know that Facebook's not, uh, isn't necessarily the truth on everyone's life, but people that have over time have come to God that, that grew up in that town because, Mm -hmm because some of those situations occurred, because they had to walk through some of those mm. evil things that just wrecked us as kids, mm. you know?
1: Wow.
2: And I think it, it, it gives perspective when things don't go your way as an adult or when things seem like they're way off track.
1: Yeah.
0: Sandy Atkinson, as a dad of a nine-year-old today, thank you for raising him in the church and letting God work in both of your lives. How can those of us who have grown children help support you as you navigate these critical years with Brody?
2: I don't know if I know the answer to that. I mean, (laughs) um, I think, again, one thing that was always crucial for me when I was growing up was I didn't even realize how many people prayed for me. Mm -hmm. And so— I of course I pray for my son every day. Yeah. First thing I think of when I when I start praying after I'm after I give thanks in my prayer, the first thing I do is pray for my mm-hmm. son. Um but anybody that wants to add him to their prayer list, mm-hmm. that's probably the be- I mean that's probably the best thing you can do mm-hmm. because Agreed. I believe that prayer works and I would never tell somebody not to
0: mm-hmm.
2: offer up their prayers right for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good.
0: Okay, yep. Jenny Walker. She's got three, but we're only going to ask one here. (laughs) (laughs) How did being a pastor's kid, having that background, serve you while you were in addiction?
2: (sighs) Well, I mean, as an addict, and when I was using and partying, I never quit believing, so much so that I would even—there were times where I'd be having conversations with people and passing a bong around or—I what mean, literally— talking to them about God, mm-hmm. terrible witness, but maybe those, the, maybe that was the only mm-hmm. people they were ever going to hear it from. Right. You know, but I, I, I mean, and I would always, I have science degree, two science degrees. So I would always relate it back to that mm-hmm. and say like, you got more faith if you can believe the science that you're taught right? than just believing it, mm. you know, some of, cause a lot of, a lot of it would stem from things like evolution or creation, mm-hmm. you know, those type of subjects, but it would get into those conversations. Um, so I would say, if, if to answer the question, I would say having a f- a firm understanding and belief in what God was, uh, because I never questioned that, mm-hmm. I never doubted that, I never didn't believe that. I just wanted to live my own life. I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to wave the white flag, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Surrender feels. Sometimes, like it's the wrong thing, right? Mm -hmm. As a man, but you
1: had a foundation, something Mm -hmm. to come back to. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yep. Jenny also has a comment here. You're awesome, Aaron. Thanks for reminding us all that a joyful recovery is possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
2: I heard her story, I was there for her story. Uh, she did the same for me, so.
0: Um, I think this is Janelle Smelser's number, possibly. I'm not sure who it is actually. What is your favorite or life verse?
1: You already said it, right? Romans no. eight twenty. No. no,
2: that's a great one.
1: Okay, you got a different <laughs> one. Oh, my favorite
2: one. Got do you have a tattooed on you? I don't. Okay. Do I, you have tattoos? I do have two. Why do you say it like that? Because it says never get tattoos to the living or the dead, right? Isn't that what? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. know. We did all this about the law. I get it. But I have one to the living, which is my son's footprints. And I have one to the dead, one of my best friends that got killed in a car crash. Mm -hmm. So I literally have both. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, but um, the Bible verse is 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is God breathed. Mm -hmm. That means Mm -hmm. whatever you read in there, you don't get to question. Mm -hmm. Right. Doesn't, there is no, you don't get to question it. Right. That one to me, when I started and Proverbs 30 verse five, which is every word of God will prove to be true. Mm. So you know those two and you understand those two. And it's like, man, it doesn't matter what I read in there. I may not understand it, but it has to be, it has to be God breathed and it's true. Right. So those are the two for me that, have become like in my DNA. Yeah. Good.
0: Yeah, I love those. They might be mine too. <laughs> I have some, but those are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. And the last one from Jamie Tackett. What are some donations that would be helpful for the children's ministry?
1: Wow. Look at that.
2: I don't, I mean, honestly, like I haven't come across anything that we haven't, You know, if you could
0: dream, what would you want children's ministry to look like?
1: Basketball court, Syracuse football field. (laughs) Yeah, like,
0: I mean,
2: listen, if we can get, if we can get like a 40 yard football field, I mean, anything sports (laughs) related, that's my bag, you know,
0: there's a football field.
2: I know. I know.
1: The only problem is it's Green Bay Packers turf. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right you might skin might fall off if you touch it. That actually, that turf is so bad
2: for sports. It really is. Like you get you'll get dug in and then that the Nick Chubb injury. Yeah. That doesn't happen on grass or even the astroturf, you know? Yeah. Like that was again fluky injury, but still that Nick Chubb injury was did you see that?
1: No. Do you know who Nick his Chubb His knee is? was like an elbow <laughs> the opposite direction. It was, no. it was, he was really bad. was running back for Cleveland. Yeah, and he I'm got sure. hit in the side of the knee. Yeah. His... No, I
0: did watch some of the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. We had that on. Um, okay. I think who we had, are you rooting for? Of course, Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, that a bummer. Or okay. Purdue fans. Why, of Why of would we win Notre Ohio Dame? State? Oh, that's yeah, true.
0: Yeah. Doesn't everybody so, hate it? My Ohio favorite State?
2: football player of all time is from Ohio State, but I was still rooting for Notre who? Dame.
1: Chris Carter. Hmm. Yeah, nobody roots for Ohio State. Everybody hates Ohio State. I know.
2: So, well, listen, Ohio State, Michigan. I'm Ohio State. When I was a kid,
1: you knew who my team (sighs) was: the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. Catholics against convicts. I'm all for the convicts. Right, right. You would think I would have been too. I I was a Notre Dame fan then. No, I was all about the convict team. Right. Yeah. Catholics against convicts. Do you remember when that happened? I do. When they all wore the jerseys? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that was the big thing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm a sports junkie. So like it, it's, that's, that's my world. So anyways, to answer that question, yeah, anything sports related, mm-hmm. we are all in ping pong. I love the ping pong table. Mm-hmm. My son and I get a game in at least every week. So oh, yeah, I all that stuff's good. Yeah,
0: yeah, on <laughs> Sunday, I walked upstairs and they were like taking these deck of cards and they were trying to flip them through this little <laughs> Trick hole. Trick shots. And then, <laughs> yeah. It's like, so they, they're like all the... Um, sports trick type yeah. stuff. Wow. So dude Perfect. All, yeah, what we're, we're big about. into Dude yep.
1: Perfect and yeah, yep. yeah. So. so. Okay.
0: Yeah, awesome. that's it. That is it. All right,
1: Jennifer. So send us off. So give everybody the number to be able to to text you.
0: Okay. Yes. Yeah, so if you're not part of the round table texting group, you can text podcast to 260-408-8383. And then every Tuesday we'll send out a text message of who our guest is gonna be and some a little bit of bio about them. So you can text us some questions that we could get to know them even further.
1: Yeah, awesome. So when this comes out, so if you're watching and or listening, when this comes out, make sure that you share, like, comment, um, that way it gives us an opportunity to get Aaron's story out uh to a lot more people because that's what we believe, believe in the power of story. I mean, that's been life church forever and so we think everybody's story matters and um, so your story and again, I think this is cuz I think that there is this um I don't I won't say it's a A mindset, but people that think like you can never get over addiction, Mm -hmm. right? And that you can never flourish after addiction. So, I mean, seeing stories of people and hearing stories of people that can flourish after addiction, can flourish in the things that God has for them, even though life doesn't go quite the way that it's always right. supposed to go. So I think that's a great story to be able to share. So if you're watching, listening, whatever, share this uh, when it comes out. And then if you see Aaron at church, make sure you come and say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's always up in the children's ministry, it seems like, yeah, for the first mm-hmm. service. And you're a second service guy all the time, yeah. right? Yeah, I go so first service. To you're age. with the service that actually makes noise. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We had a couple come to the first service because they were in Taylor's small group. And they were like... The first service is a lot bigger, but what's wrong with everybody? Yeah. Like the second service.
2: I, I think it's because it's <laughs> 930, man. They're not awake. Well, I you don't know? know
1: what it is, but then she's like, they both said like, they're just not like into yeah. it. There's like in the second service, you got people whooping and hollering mm-hmm. and raising hands. Yeah. And so if you, yeah come to the second okay. service once in a while it's right it's, it's quite it's a an different experience atmosphere right. so yep. yeah again so aaron thanks for joining thank us and again uh don't forget like comment share come up and say hi to aaron but mm-hmm. we just want to thank everybody for joining us and we'll see you guys next week